Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. The wonderful faces. Welcome. Welcome to our little church here in this place we call Mableton, Georgia. I'm so glad that you chose to be with us today. We understand that there are thousands on thousands of options here in Georgia. You are in the Bible Belt, but we are honored that you are here today with us. My name is Broderick Santiago, and I'm the lead pastor here, the drummer here, the janitor, uh, the monkey when they need one. I'm all of the above. Whatever they need, I am it. And so we are glad that you are here with us today. I pray that uh, you'll see a lot of us walking around with our T-shirts. So if, if you are a guest with us today, you'll know exactly who to ask for some assistance and some direction. So anybody with these mosaic T-shirts can certainly point you in the right direction and kind of tell you where to go. We also have those available today, and when we do our Easter egg hunt, we may be giving a few away, so uh, hold on to those tickets that you found there in your seat. Uh, Today, I'm not going to be overly religious. Uh, Most of the time, I'm not anyway, but what I want to do is apply some practical things uh, today that you can use. You can leave this place and apply them to your lives today, but I do want to share the importance of the resurrection. Is that okay today? So I won't hold you long. We got some food in the back. I know the kids are anxious to jump on the bouncy thingy, whatever they call it we have back there. They're anxious to just get their hands on all the eggs they can get with the goodies. So we're going to make this message straight to the point and practical. Let us pray. Eternal and gracious God in heaven today, I thank you. I thank you for just waking us up this morning. Most importantly, I thank you for the sacrifice that your son made uh, just three days ago. History tells us that he died on the cross, and then today he was resurrected according to history in the Bible. And so if we believe that to be true, we celebrate that resurrection today. Because he died on that cross, he took our sins, our imperfections, our flaws and alls with him. And so today, God, we say thank you for that alone. God, we thank you for everyone who made it here today to be with us. I pray, oh God, in this position that you've given me license to be in, I pray, oh God, that you bless my tongue, Father God. I pray that the words that the people hear bypass their ears but rest on their hearts. I pray that the image that they see is a representation of your son, Jesus. I pray that the words that they hear is similar to his voice. God, we ask these things and offer this service unto you today. All those agreed said... Amen, amen, and amen. Well, if we turn on the TV, and I think everybody in here owns one of those devices, correct? And if you don't own one of those, you own a smartphone. They no longer even make dumb phones anymore. So you have access to, to, to technology. You have access to the media. You have access to the world and what's going on in the world. Is that an accurate statement? We know that when we turn on the TV or turn on social media, everything we see or hear is negative 
in terms of its context. In terms of the information we see and hear, it's negative. Uh, whenever you turn on the news, you're guaranteed that somebody gets shot. It's, it's gotten to the point where it's scary. It's like, am I going to get shot if I go to Publix today? Because every time I turn on the TV in the morning, in the afternoon, and then in the evening, someone has gotten shot or, 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 or robbed or something. And as I watch this, I constantly see negative things on television. I, I, I hear the negative things that are happening here in Georgia with our education system. I, I see that the, 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 the unemployment rate goes up and goes down. It's on this up and down thing. And if I look at the media and I, I, I look at social media and I, I listen to my colleagues, I, I begin to think that we're in a world that doesn't have any hope in it. As I look and if I begin to believe everything that I hear, read, and see, I begin to think, is there hope for us in this country? Is there hope for us in this world? Some of us right now in this building, in this place right now, in this very minute, are sitting here and, 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 and you're sitting here saying, I need more than hope. I need a miracle. The only way that, that my life, my circumstance, my situation is going to change Jesus himself is going to have to show up and turn this thing upside down, baby. I need a miracle. B, I get the hope thing, but I need just a little bit more than that. And I just want to tell you that your hope rests in the miracle. There are a bunch of miracles that, 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 that Jesus performed throughout his ministry. And, and we'll, we'll share a couple of those, and, and, then, and then I'll show you just how you can rest all of your cares, all of your concerns, all of the stuff, that miracle that, that, that we'll talk about. You'll see that it's available to you today. It's available to you today. Let me share some scripture with you. Matthew 27, 50 through 53 records these words. And as I read the gospel, as prepare for this message... Uh, you know, they all say something different about this part of Jesus' ministry when he went on, when he was crucified, and when he went on and when he was resurrected. But Matthew pointed out something in there that was just a little bit different that really made me kind of go, oh, they didn't say that in the other Gospels. So I'll read this to you, and then I'll point that one thing out that kind of gave me an aha moment. The words are recorded. They say this, then Jesus shouted again, and he released his spirit. This is him on the cross He's already been crucified, and he released his spirit. And at that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. That's one of the first miracles. The earth shook, rocks split apart, and tombs opened. Here's the good part. The bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. Let me stop right there. As I read all the other Gospels, nobody records that part. When I read other Gospels, there's just, just, there's just a recording of Jesus being resurrected. But when I read Matthew, I said, whoa, all these years I've, I've just read past that. I've just overlooked that very important part. When Jesus was resurrected, other godly men and women were also resurrected. In that moment, others also received the hope and the glory of Jesus being resurrected. Let me finish. This is what they did. They left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city of Jerusalem and appeared to many people. Here's one of 
the miracles I want to talk to you all about. It says here, and it's recorded, at that moment, the curtain split in the sanctuary of the temple and was torn in two from top to bottom. Now, if you understood the Bible and understood the entire context of it, this place would be jumping and shouting, and we become a Pentecostal church instantly. Let me tell you the significance of that curtain splitting. The curtain in the temple separated the holy, the most holy room, and the most holy room was only available to not just any priest, but the high priest. And the high priest could only go into that other room that separate that the curtain separated once a year to pray for the sins of the entire nation. In this instance, everybody always wondered, like that black curtain there, this curtain here. Imagine this being up all the time, and you wonder, what's really going on behind there? Why can't I go back there? Even other priests were not allowed to go there. Only the high priest, who was given the authority to go back there only once a year to go back there to atone for our sins, and he would make a sacrifice unto God. And so for centuries, uh, for many thousands of years, that place was not available to all people, not even other priests. And the minute Jesus gives his final words on the cross, the miracle is this, it's split. Okay, how do we know somebody didn't cut it, B? Because it split from the top. It started up top all the way down. Well, how do we know somebody wasn't on a ladder up there to cut it down? Well, when they made this wall, it was made out of this very fine tapestry that was designed to withstand all sorts of kind of weather. It was designed to withstand all type of uh, uh, stuff that would come against it. It was designed not to tear easily. Man couldn't cut it alone by himself. Man couldn't do it. It was done when Jesus said his last words, it is finished, and miraculously, miraculously from the top, it split. This wall is open. Now, me, you, your neighbor, your cousin, your mama, your daddy, we can all go in there and, and, and ask for God to atone our sins on our own. No longer do we depend on a high priest or pastor or individual. We can do it on our own. That alone is a miracle. The very first one when he died upon that cross no longer are we separated from the grace and the mercy of God. No longer do I have to depend on a man to pray for me and atone for my sins. I can actually go into the same room, get down on my bended knees, and pray. I got news for you. The prayer field is level. You don't need a person. And a person is anyone with a title. That includes a pastor, a priest, or whatever. You don't need a person to atone for it. The prayer field is level. All of us can do it. It's available to us to do it. And it says it here in this scripture. Amen? I got some more to share with you. So, the first miracle that we see there in the resurrection, the wall separating man from God is available. Now we can all go in there, right? And then he says this. The other thing about the veil that separated the great miracle was because the tearing of the wall is something that could be that could not have been easily accomplished, as I shared with you. The next scripture I want to share with you is John 14, 12 through 14. It says this, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it so that the Son 
can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Remember how I said you can all pray. And a lot of times we're asking for stuff in whose name? God, bless me. God, the light's going to get cut off if you don't show up. Lord, I think they're handing out pink slips at the job. My name might be on it. God, I need you. Help me. Help me. Help me. Now, how do we ask for it in his name? God, if it's in your will, that's his name. If it's in your will, if it's a part of your plan, have your way. God, if, if it's meant for me to leave this place, this job, if, if they're handing me a pink slip, let me receive it with, with, with an air of pride because I know, God, that there's something greater on the other side of this misery. If it's your will, let your will be done. I'm asking for it in your name. Sure, my flesh is attached to this job. Sure, I love that all of the money and all the stuff that this job provides for me. I love the benefits. But if it's your will, then so let it be done. We need to ask for stuff in his name. In his name. We're going we're gonna to move along here. When hope is all you have... I would suggest you turn to Romans 8 and 11. It says this, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That is the hope. He lives in you. Wherever you go, whatever you're doing, that Spirit is in you. The veil is gone. It's available to you. It's in you. Remember, if you were part of our last series where we talked about blueprint, God drew he, he chose you before he even drew the blueprint for the world. He chose you. Whether you decided you was going to be a Christian or Muslim, if you don't know my testimony, I used to be a Muslim. True story. I used to be a 5% of the Muslim. Some people in here know my testimony, right? I used to be that, but God still chose me. He says, all right, you, you do your little thing. I got something for you. You do your little thing. Have your little fun. Be spiritual, whatever you want to call it. You will call on me. And I'm here to tell you, for those people who are looking for a miracle, many times we don't realize that God is all we need until he's all we have. Sometimes it takes us to get to that point. When we're down and we've called mom, we've called dad, we've called best friend, we've called sister, we've called brother, we've even asked the employer for an advance and nothing is available. And at that moment, it's just you and God. And God says, finally, I got your attention. Let me turn this thing around. Let me show you how I can flip this doggone thing upside down and show you just what I can do. All this time, you've been in the way of me doing what I do best, blessing. Move off the way. Let me show you how I work. And bam, he does it. I promise you, I'm a witness, and I've got about five other people that agree with me. The Spirit of God, Romans 8, 11, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God, watch this, just as God raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. So many people think that, oh, man, so you mean I can die and come back to life? I just want to say this, that is possible. Very soon, I've just been praying, a friend of mine has been doing some ministry work, some mission work in Africa. There's a story of a family uh, 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 that where the wife, she literally died, was dead for eight hours or more. They prayed, they prayed, and they prayed, and they prayed. Her name is Ruth. Her husband's name is Prosper. 
And she was literally, the doctors came. This is a true story. I can share the YouTube video with you. You all can see it yourself. This is so real. It's no shenanigans about it. I know the, pe- the man behind it personally. They prayed. They prayed. They prayed. The doctors looked. She's dead. Her heart, there's no heartbeat. Her body's hot, but there's no pulse whatsoever. She's dead. Let's just go ahead and put her in the infirmary. She ain't coming back. It's been eight hours. She's done. They kept praying. They kept believing that God could turn this thing around, and it did. And it did. And in this YouTube video, she shares the vision that God gave her in the time that she was deceased. Here's the other thing. In this hospital she was in, as she was resurrected, there were people there with ailments that were healed instantly. I will share this YouTube video with you all to see it. I am not making it. When I saw it, I said, man, right now they're applying for a visa to come to the U.S. to share that story. Me and about 20 other pastors joined hands together to pray that that process goes smooth because if it works out, they will be here at Mosaic to share that story with you. They will be here to share that you will touch and see a real woman resurrected from the dead. And it's real. It's a true story. So, but when I say that here, because everybody, you know, everybody's like, oh, man, so if I die, it could happen. But what I'm saying here, your mortal bodies, that includes your, your mortal spirit, your mortal thoughts, the, those dead things in your life, God can certainly resurrect it if you just tap on to the spirit that is already in you. Many of us, have, when we say that, many of us are like, okay, that don't make any sense. That don't mean nothing to me. I hear you. I hear you, but what is it? Is it like living in me? Is it a ghost that's in me? It's, no, it's deeper than that. Ephesians 1, 19 through 20 says this. This is, this is Paul talking to the church in Ephesus, and we're currently studying in this book. It says this. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor and God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Why do I keep talking about this spirit? That's that same spirit. Why do I keep talking about it? Because many of us read these stories in the Bible. Let's just be honest. We read these stories in the Bible about miracles. We read these stories in the Bible about this great hope. We read these stories in the Bible about resurrection. We read these stories in the Bible about miracles, uh, uh, people that were blind being able to see Jesus uh, taking his, his slobby spit and putting somebody's ear. We read that stuff and believe, ah, that was good for that time, but it's not available now. That was, that was, that, that's a great story, Roderick. I'm, that, you know, it's, it's very entertaining, but... Is that really available now? Is that stuff that, that, stuff that we read 2,000 years ago, it probably was relevant then, but is it, is it really relevant now? And if I believe Scripture, and if you believe Scripture, and I'm just giving you just a few that keeps reminding us, yes, it is available now for all of us. When that veil came down, it was immediately available to every single person that believed Every single person that believed. Yeah, but I don't believe it, but it's still available. It's still available to you. You first have to believe, though. You may not believe now, but you have to believe. And once you believe, it's all yours. It's yours for the taking. Just go ahead and grab you some of it. Amen. Philippians, last scripture, and then we're going to get into some, some, some practical things I want to, for you to take and apply. Philippians 3.10 says this. If you want to know Christ... 
and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead, and you want to uh, suffer with him. Wait, hold on. Yeah. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power. This is Paul speaking. I apologize. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Many translations, Paul is saying, the one final thing I want more than anything else, out of all the things that I've done so far, the one thing I want more than anything is to experience the resurrection. I don't, I don't want to even perform any more miracles. I, I, I don't want to do, I don't want to cast out demons. I want to experience the resurrection beyond anything else. I want to experience the resurrection of Christ. Everything that I've done so far, cool. That's dope. I'm glad y'all got the church started. That's cool. But beyond that, I would love to experience this, 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 this resurrection from life to death. And if anybody in here is saved, I want to tell you, you've already experienced it. You left a world that was dark and hopeless and helpless into a world where God was, His grace and mercy covered you from top to the bottom and is constantly and always available to you. If you've given your life to Christ already, you've already experienced some of that resurrecting power. When? Because you believe. My brothers and my sisters, today my greatest desire is not for you to have a great church experience not have a great holiday experience, not even for you to have a great experience commemorating an event that happened thousands of years ago. My greatest desire today is that you would experience the resurrection power of Christ in areas of your life today. There are some dead things in your life right now. Some of y'all have stopped dreaming Some of y'all have stopped even believing in God. Some of y'all have given up on the church because of something a man or a woman or somebody's puppy did to you. Somebody's kid hit your kid, you stopped going to church. And it's time to resurrect some things in your life. And you can't do it. What are you doing? That was cool, but it wasn't the right time. You missed the signal. I wink. All right. That was perfect. Here's why there are some dead things in your life. Let's be honest, and then I'm going to get to some practical things. I believe that there are some dead things in your life, especially when it comes to your relationship with Christ, relationship with the church is one. Many of us believe that God doesn't care. We've been praying the same prayer for decades, some of us, and, and it seems they've gone unanswered. But you have to look at it in the right perspective. You're saying the same prayer, and it has been answered in over a decade. Maybe he has answered it, but just not the way you want it to. Some of us believe that God is dead to you. Some of us really believe that. And there is no God. What was he standing on when he created this? And there is no God. If, if there was God, why does he let bad stuff happen to good people? And why does he let good stuff happen to bad people? And I'm here to tell you, you know, if that's how we, you know, 
give credit to God based upon what the world says is good or bad. Oh, this bad person uh, got blessed with this, this drug dealer, he's making all this money. And, and you know, if we look at that to say that, you know, God is, is, is real or not, then, then we're looking at the wrong things. Look at your life. Look at how many times somebody prayed for your behind when you were in a jam. Look at those times when God was all you had and he turned stuff around instantly. It was like the last hour and you were like, it's not going to happen. The last hour, he was like, bam. And you were like, whoa. But you forgot to give him credit. You're like, see, I, I, knew, I knew things was going to work out. I knew my friend was going to hook me up. Real talk. Many of us, because we, we, we think we haven't experienced the hand of God's blessing in our lives, thinks that he is dead to us. And I want to tell you, that's a fallacy. That's false. Don't get caught up in that belief. God is there all the time. It's us that turns away from him. The third thing I want to suggest is that many of us think that God is deaf to us. He don't hear me. He don't hear, he don't hear me when I call on him. He's not listening to me. It's too many of us to listen. His ear ain't that big to listen to all the prayers of the people in the world. Any of you ever seen that movie, Bruce Almighty? Huh? Oh, that's, that's her movie. That's her joint right there. And remember the time in that movie, and it was, shot, it was supposed to be shot in Buffalo, but none of that was shot in Buffalo. And I'm going to say that because I'm from Buffalo, but none of that was shot in Buffalo. Get out of here. Anyhow, and, and there's a part where, 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 where uh, Bruce gets to be God, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, I could do this. And all of a sudden he gets all these prayers, and he's like, everybody's got prayer requests. He's like, okay, everybody can have what they want. And it was like pandemonium. There's some, re- there's some realness to that. There's some facts to that. Just imagine if God gave you everything you wanted, all of us, right? First of all, the first thing that many of us, and I'm not going to call out any names, many of us would be like money. It's related to money, right? God says, you can have anything you want. I need about $100,000 right now, God. <laughs> many of us. And if it's not that, you know, I want a bigger house. Well, that requires money. I want a better job. There's money tied to it. Many of us. I'm being honest. That may not be all of y'all. I know some of y'all are real holy, so I'm not talking to y'all. I'm talking to the person sitting next to you on the other side behind you. Real talk, if God said, if God acted like a genie today, you'd rub the heck out of him and say, man, hook me up. And then there may be just a a handful of us that be like, man, God, you know what? Some of y'all would actually say, man, God, I just pray that you just bless our church. That's the real holy people. Just bless pastor and his family. And I'm saying to myself, no, no, because all I'm going to do is give it away. Because that's my prayer. I've, I've shared the story of my good friend. I'm going to say his name finally uh, and because I, he listens to my podcast. His name is Devin Burke, really good friend of mine. We met earlier this year, and I've always shared the story where he told me his greatest uh, goal in life is to tithe $1 million. And when I, when I listened to that, I said, man, that's deep. He could have said, man, I want to make $10 million. No, 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 no. I want to tithe. I want to give away $10 million, I mean $1 million. I want to give away $1 million. It does mean that I'm going to have to make ten, but I'm not focused on the making. I want to be able to give. And when we met this year, he says, oh, Broderick, it's been so long since we talked, man. That's changed. I want to, I wanna, you know, I'm, I'm on a higher one. I want to do 30%. Oh, my God, you show off. <laughs> so you want to tie $3 million? 
Wow. He says, yeah. And I'm saying his perspective. He could have said, man, I, I pray that God just gives me $10 million and, and leave it at that. He says, no, I want to be able to give away that much. There are some great pastors that I know right now. One of my favorite, Francis Chan. Matt, he's a best-selling author, travels around the world, a great speaker, used to be a pastor of a mega church, left the church, makes millions of dollars, and lives off of about $60,000 a year. He makes millions and he lives off of 60. What does he do with the rest of the money, Broderick? Gives it away. Gives it away. Lives in a ranch-style home in California, a small, modest home. Makes millions. Hear what I'm trying to tell you? They pay that man like tens of thousands to just show up and say two words. And he's like, cool, I'm going to give that away. I'll give that away. Wow. And my prayer is, God, if you let me do this genie thing once, I want to do that. Just, 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 just give me a house where I don't have a note. Matter of fact, if you can work out the tax situation, that would even be better. And just give me the opportunity to just do this and not worry about money. Oh, my God, if God gave me that, I would do it. Let me share some things, and here's some practical stuff. If you have a pen, take notes. If not, check out the podcast, but have your notebook with you. So how can I gain access to this power, this resurrecting power that you're talking about? How can I do that, Pastor B? What I'm going to share with you is not the, 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 the college, the theologian, whatever. It's, it's, listen, this is not perfect. It's not my way. This is just what a suggestion, okay? It's just a suggestion. And if you take it, cool. If not, cool. I'm all right. You know. But it works. One. First thing you want should do to be uh, to gain access to this power is be open enough to receive it. Yeah, that sounds so practical, but it is. Be open enough to receive it. The Bible says this. Watch this. The Bible says this in Ephesians four eighteen. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life of God. Uh, wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. Now, he was speaking about some of those Gentiles in, in, in this place called Ephesus, but the truth is he's speaking to many of us here today. Now, I know I love God. When I'm going through some stuff, I, I pray every day. Even when, when, listen, when he blessed me, I pray every day. My mind and my heart are not hardened toward God. That's obviously not me. And I, I, I would like to argue and say perhaps it is. Sometimes it's not about how often or, 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 or how much you pray, sometimes it's your actions, it's your works. Did you just walk by that homeless man that simply wanted a cup of coffee, but you thought he was going to use your money for some drugs? Yep, you hardened your heart toward God. Did you ignore your family member's phone call? You saw their name on your caller ID, but you knew they were going to ask you for some money, and you're like, nope, not going to answer it today. But they could have been facing a near-death situation. Yep, you just harden your heart toward God. Did you say, I'm not, I'm not going to church anymore? There are a bunch of hypocrites in there. All they do is go, and they're just one big old social club. They don't, you know, that's all they want to do is get around each other. They're so cliquish. They don't even wear suits. Pastor just wore a, 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 a suit jacket today. That's about the best I'm going to do, by the way. <laughs> just, just saying. But I'm not going to church anymore. 
My former pastor hurt me, and I know the next pastor going to hurt me. I'm not, I'm not going to church anymore. You just harden your heart toward God. Because if I read the Bible and I believe it, it says in there, Jesus loved the church so much that he gave his money for it. No, 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 he didn't give his money. He gave his robe for the church. Nope, that wasn't it. The Bible says that Jesus loved the church. It says that word, church, so much that he gave his life for it. But many of us, church is just a building. All they want is my money. They want me to serve somewhere. They want me to actually do something. My life ain't going to change by hanging out in church. I beg to differ. It absolutely will. It absolutely will. And this is not a ploy to get you in my church. It's a ploy to get you in somebody's church. Somebody's church. You need that fellowship. You need that accountability. So, one, be open to receiving it. Quit turning your hearts. Open your life. Be sensitive. Be vulnerable. Some of y'all so scared to be vulnerable because you've been hurt before. I dig it. I get it. I've been hurt. I'm hurt right now, but I'm still, I like being vulnerable because when I'm vulnerable, God does some amazing things in my most vulnerable times. When I'm just feeling like my life is out of control, God is like, thank you for letting me take the wheel this time. Oh, God. Woo! I just had a moment. I just thought about when he did that for me, just like a last week. I'm not going to talk about it, but good Lord, man. He'll do that if you're vulnerable enough to receive it. Second thing, (laughs) this is the hardest thing for many of y'all. Do whatever he says do. Do whatever God says do. Yeah, but, but, but how do I know it's God versus my own desires? Real easy. Real easy. Ready? These things are bothering me. Real easy. A lot of times when God burdens you with something, this is how you know it's God. It's going to always require a sacrifice. Chances are it's going to be extremely uncomfortable. It's going to require you to step outside of your comfort zone, right? It's going to seem impossible, and it's going to burden you. When, I'm, when I say burden you, when God is speaking and he's saying, do something, It's going to mess you up so bad, it's going to be hard for you to sleep. It's going to burden you to the point where you feel that if I don't do it, man, the world could end. If I, me, if I don't step up and do something about it, then it's not going to finish right. That's the type of burden when you know it's God. How do you know if it's you? At the end, you benefit from it. If you look at it and say, man, I want to do this, and, and man, this is going to be great, and my life will be so much better, and, and it, well, that's, that's my desire. Man, if I, if I want to do this, and, and, and in that moment, it might bless somebody, but in the end, if you are able to get credit for it, not God. If it don't require you to sacrifice something emotionally, physically, financially, or, or, or time-wise, not God. Chances are it's you. It's your own personal desires. And God speaks to you. He's whispering in your ear. He's whispering in somebody's ear right now saying to do something radical, bold, and courageous, and then turn around and say, God told me. But some of y'all sitting like that. If I say that because my lifestyle that I live right now, because my peers know my mess, they know my junk, if I say that, they're going to laugh at me. And they're going to pull up my mess. They're going to pull up my record. It's like, man, your stuff has been jacked up for about 10 years, and now you're saying God is talking to you? <laughs> and you're afraid of that. 
you're afraid of that. And I'm saying embrace that and say, yes, if God can turn my, my crazy self behind around, he could do that for you. I'm a witness. I'm a real witness. I'm a real witness. Trust me. I got family in here that can, that can vouch for me that I was a mess, a ball of a mess, a whole bunch of mess, just a rascal of a person. When I went to church, it was all the way for the wrong reason. I was trying to get the pastor's daughter in the vestibule to do some things. You didn't want me near your child. I walked up to Christians when I was a 5%er and break out the Bible and say, can you tell me why y'all do these things? And not a Christian could answer it. Some pastors couldn't either. I was a rascal of a person. And how dare God call me into ministry? I get it now. It was for a purpose. It was for a reason. Because he wanted me to reach people that was just as jacked up, messed up, confused, lost, broken, and just a ball of a mess as I was. And he could do the same thing for every single person in this room. If you just do what he says do. When he called me to ministry, there was a pastor by the name of Reverend Al Delaney at Turner Chapel AME. Used to come up to me every week, talk about pick up the phone. And I was like, dude, I don't even own a cell phone. What are you talking about? Pick up the phone. God is calling you. What do you want me for? I'm a mess. You sure he's calling me? Do you? you don't even know me to say that, man. You don't know what I did just last night. You sure he's calling me? Broderick, Maurice Santiago? Got to be another Broderick he's calling because it can't be me. And he kept saying it. And I kept feeling the burden like, I think I need to be doing this. He kept saying it. He kept saying it. When he died, I still refused. And this is Robin Al Delaney. When he died, I still refused to answer the call into ministry. So I got to a point where I had to. It wasn't an option. It's putting a situation where a church was folding and God said, you are the huckleberry. Now stand up and be a leader. But God, I'm not qualified. You are. God, I'm not smart enough. You are. God, I'm not that articulate. You're perfect. You sure it's me? It is you, son. Now go. I don't have any money. I do. And God used me like he's never used me before. And today I stand as the pastor of many right here in this place. I check our podcast. Over 600 people have listened to the podcast. They're being pastored. They're receiving the Word of God. We fed over 2,000 meals to kids just last summer in this place before we even had our first service. We feed 25 people every month, 25 families in this community every month. I'm not qualified. God says, you are qualified because all I need is your heart. If you just allow me to hold on to it for a minute, let me give you the wisdom, but just give me your heart and I'll take care of the rest. And I've done that. And today, I urge some of you all to just do it. It may not be comfortable. may not be cute. may not be the popular thing to do, but doggone it, do it. And I guarantee you'll receive the glory of God today. Amen? Final thing, and we're going to wrap it here. Final thing. Final thing I want you to do. Have faith in God. Many of you will say, man, that's so easy. I have faith. I believe in God. Yeah, right now, everything is okay. You're managing your own stuff. Right now, you're your own personal manager, so everything is okay. But let's get to a point when all you have is God, when you can no longer be the manager, when you are demoted. Then let's see if you have faith. Then will your faith be tested. Then will your faith be challenged. Faith in God is, is, is more than having confidence in, in God. It's, 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 your confidence in God comes from your closeness with God. 
When I say have faith in God, it's beyond having confidence. You can't just have faith in God unless you're close with Him. And if you don't have a relationship with Him right now, it's hard to have faith. If you haven't tested Him with your life, you won't know that He can actually show up and do some things, perform real miracles in your life, resurrect some things in your life. The greatest miracle God can perform for you is found in Luke 10. Verses 17 through 20 says this, when the 22 disciples returned, they were joyfully reported to him. Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Jesus said, yes, yes. I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I've given you the authority. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. He says, I've given you the authority over all the power of the enemy And you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. But don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. The greatest miracle is the fact that God has already put your name in that book. That's the greatest miracle. The disciples were excited that, that he, they had this authority. They could cast out demons. They could heal certain people. They had that gift for such a time. And God and Jesus is like, that's cool. I, I mean, that's why I gave that to y'all, just to spark some in you. But that's not it, baby. It's more than that. It's greater than that. It's bigger than that. Your name, regardless of your story, regardless of your history, regardless of even where you are in this very moment, your name is there. But will you accept the challenge that God puts before you to make his name known? Will you accept the challenge to make him famous? Will you accept the challenge and share how good he's been in your life with your neighbor Will you accept the challenge of how he's turned your own life around and done some wonderful things? Will you accept the challenge and spread the gospel? Not just here in this city, but to the ends of the world. And then and only then can you claim that seat that he has for you. And when you stand before the final judgment and they go through the names on the book, You made it. I got you. Yep, there you are right there. Good job. Way to go. boy. Here you are. There you go. Good job. Way to go. Give me some dap. But it requires you to make the first step. Amen. I don't know where you are today in your life. I I, I don't know. I, I don't know everybody in here. And those who I do know, they like to share their business, so sometimes I know way too much. So I'm not going to ask y'all to share yours. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday 
Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others, our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.